Thomas Wilson was the son of the Bishop of Soda and Man, and his wife Mary was the daughter of the wealthy Warrington industrialist Thomas Patton. As a young man, he began his career in the clergy with an appointment to his father's diocese. For some years, he continued as a churchman, and after marrying his cousin Mary, he had, who had a house in smart Stoke Newington, he sought ecclesiastical preferment in London with some zeal. At the age of 33, he landed the rectorship of St. Stephen Warbrook. Then in the 1750s, in the, uh, in the rectorship or curacy as it was known, of St. Margaret uh, Westminster next to the Abbey, where he became known as a pioneering advocate for the propriety of decoration in Anglican churches. The church wardens at St. Margaret's Westminster wanted to install some beautifully made 16th century stained glass in the east window above the altar. The chapter of Westminster Abbey unhappy with the images of angels collecting the blood of Jesus, a Eucharistic statement, opposed its installation and went to law. Thomas Wilson dug in his heels, and thanks to him, this window, one of the finest of its period in London, survives to shed its rich light today. In 1761, Wilson edited and contributed to William Hole's important book, Ornaments of Churches Considered, a book about the decoration of St. Margaret Westminster, which helped mark a new interest in introducing visual art among Anglicans. And then, as we have already heard, in 1776, he presented to St. Stephen Walbrook a very large painted altarpiece made for the east window of the church, depicting devout men taking the body of St. Stephen, which was painted by Benjamin West, who was then president of the Royal Academy. As they grew older, however, the Wilsons became frequent visitors to Bath, and these visits increased until Mary's death in 1772, when Thomas Wilson became a permanent absentee from his London church. Two years later, he made the acquaintance of the celebrated author of A History of England, Catherine Macaulay, and she began lodging with him. This caused much public comment as, he was 40, as she was 43 and he was then 71. Wilson became something of a laughing stock, but his infatuation with Catherine was so strong that he commissioned John Francis Moore to sculpt a statue for his church. The piece entitled History was unveiled here in St. Stephen Walbrook on the 8th of September, 1778 in the chancel but it found itself banished from the church not long afterwards. There was much indignation as to the placing of the peace between the altar rails and also the inscription it bore at the time which was written by Thomas Wilson. This included the following. You speak of Mrs. Macaulay. 
She is a kind of prodigy. I revere her abilities. I cannot bear to hear her name sarcastically mentioned. I would have her taste exalted, pleasure of the universal applause. I would have statues erected to her memory. The sculptor John Francis Moore also crafted the memorial to Thomas and Mary Wilson, which can still be seen in the church and which has a double inscription underneath a randall with a relief sculpture of a female figure and two infants, one suckling, the other holding an anchor and a worn figure of woman with tall cross and bell behind. You might like to look for that um, once the service is over. So that's a little about Thomas Wilson's life. Um, he was, as we've heard, a pioneering patron of the arts in a period when the influence of Puritanism with its rejection of all things Catholic remained very strong. In 1761, Wilson advocated the yet then unusual practice of placing lighted candles on the altar during celebrations of the Eucharist. While in the book, Ornaments of Churches Considered, he and Hole quoted approvingly the following. As ornament and instruction are all we contend for, I should prefer large historical paintings to single figures, and this the more willingly because adoration has no time nor in any place been paid to them. And of course, Wilson followed that direction himself with the commissioning of Benjamin West's altarpiece for St. Stephen Warbrook. He showed courage and conviction in reintroducing the visual arts to a church that in large part still rejected them as tainted by Catholicism. And as a pioneering patron of the arts, he was following in the footsteps of Moses and Solomon as they commissioned art and craft works for the tabernacle and the temple in Israel. But while genuinely pioneering, Wilson's commissions also reveal some of the pitfalls of patronage. Wilson imposed his commissions on his churches without regard for their existing aesthetic and integrity. The Benjamin West altarpiece, for example, completely covered the east window of Walbrook and therefore rode roughshod over Christopher Wren's design in a way that the later but equally controversial modern altar by Henry Moore does not. And that was essentially the reason why uh, West's painting was put into storage and later sold to uh, now be shown at a museum in Boston. Wilson's approval for large history paintings reflected fashions at the time which have not worn well over time. And finally, as we have heard, Wilson allowed his personal preferences and his infatuations to influence his decision-making as with the controversy over the commissioning of the Catherine Macaulay sculpture and its placing in the sanctuary here. When scripture speaks of Moses commissioning work from Bezalel for the tabernacle, 
The focus is on Bezalel's inspiration being from the spirit of God. Moses is essentially in the background rather than dominating his commissions as Thomas Wilson seems to have had a tendency to do. Moses said, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs. So the focus there is on the artist and his or her spiritual inspiration. Yet, while Wilson was too prominent and dominant in his commissions, he should also be appreciated for his recognition of the value of the visual arts and the strength with which he ensured that commissions were made at a time when much ecclesiastical art was opposed as fashioning a return to Catholicism. 